0: In this episode of 2,000 Books, Michael Neal teaches us why we need to stop trying so hard in order to remove friction and move faster in life. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2,000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs, books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. Michael Neal is an internationally renowned transformative coach and the best-selling author of five books, including The Inside Out Revolution and The Space Within. He has spent over 25 years as a coach, advisor, mentor, and creative spark plug to celebrities, CEOs, royalty, and people who want to get more out of themselves and their lives. Today, we're talking about his book, The Space Within a guide to finding our true selves. Michael, I'm really excited about talking to you and learning from you about your work, about the space within. So welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's talk about this book. Let's have you first kind of give the listeners what does it mean? What's the space within and why should an ambitious entrepreneur get into this? Because sometimes it's hard for us to even appreciate this side of life. Well, let me kind of come at
1: it backwards. So I've been coaching for over 26 years, coached a lot of ambitious entrepreneurs. I've coached a lot of already successful entrepreneurs. I've coached a lot of very successful business owners. One that, you know, my my sort of archetype for the ambitious entrepreneur made good is I was coaching a guy at one point who had seven companies and was taking three of them public at the same time. Wow. So I am very familiar with your ilk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and in fact, some would say I am an ambitious entrepreneur in, in the way that I've developed my own business. But what I found is that there is a tremendous difference between the happy entrepreneur and the miserable entrepreneur.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it's not to do with success. You can have part of entrepreneurship is not actually putting all your eggs on it actually working. You kind of go in knowing, hey, this might not work. Let's do it. Right. And so for me, what I saw is the people who were able to be happily successful over time are the ones who had found whether they knew it or not, however they talked about it, they'd found access to a deeper part of the mind than most people operate out of on a daily basis. And so the space within is One of my attempts, it's something I talk about in all my books and podcasts and everything I do, but it's one of my attempts at really pointing people back to that, I almost want to call it an inner superpower, but to the capacity of mind that's actually your best friend developing a business.
0: When you say, It is the capacity of our mind and it is our best friend in order to develop our business. The space within is that it's not the thoughts that we're having. It's not the ideas we're having. It's the place, it's the emptiness in which all of this arrives or arises from.
1: Absolutely. It's the blank page on which all the words are written. It's the canvas on which the painting is painted. It's the auditorium in which the symphony is played. We get so caught up in the details of our business in the details of our lives, and we lose sight, naturally enough, of the space within which our life and business unfolds. And it turns out that when you start hanging out in the space, you know, the space where creativity happens, I sometimes even say the space where miracles happen, because the rules of the game change. It's not linear. It's not, well, if I do this and this and this, then this and this and that will happen. You open back up to the creative space and it's always there. It never goes away. It just gets obscured by our own kind of temporary crazy thinking.
0: So I know someone who's listening, they're probably wondering, okay, well, what does it mean to open ourselves up to it or even to just be in that space what does it mean for them and maybe the question is how do we go there
1: so and they are abstract ideas but but let me maybe make a suggestion we're used to kind of listening you know us entrepreneurial types you know pen in hand right what are the key points what are the key points what are the key just give me the bullet points just give me the bullet points this isn't really a bullet point conversation think of this more like i'm going to take you on a tour of the grand canyon Mm. And there's no point in taking notes. Your experience is going to be your experience. Like when you come back and people go, how is the Grand Canyon? You're going to go, it was amazing. So I would really kind of encourage anybody listening to kind of just listen like a video camera, Mm, you know, just take it in. Don't worry about it. I promise you, you will see what I'm pointing to at various points during the conversation because what I'm pointing to is real.
0: This is great. And uh, I think I want to. I want to give my own personal story that kind of brings this whole thing into focus for some of our listeners. And it happened to me one time when I was struggling with the idea that I need to be happier, I need to be uh, not have all these emotional challenges. And all of those things were going on in my mind. But as soon as I had, I don't know what triggered the realization, I had the realization that I, I don't have to be happy. I don't have to pursue happiness. I don't need like that is not a requirement for me to live my life. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I had that realization, it opened up all sorts of doors for me. Not needing to be happy in some ways made space inside of me to be much more contented, joyous, and happier. And it sounds very counterintuitive, but that was kind of my opening to this whole possibility.
1: Well, there's two things about that. One is I had that exact same insight in 1999. Like I remember it coming away and going, oh my God, I have been working so hard to try to be happy. I'm okay, I don't have to be happy. And then suddenly I got happier. But other thing that's so important about that is that's a great example of how we already have inside us a capacity to catch on to the truth of things, to see through the myths that we've been stuffed full of since we were kids about how life works and what life's about and what we're supposed to do and how much we're supposed to achieve and actually just kind of see the truth for ourselves. And that's one of the abilities that one of the capacities of mind is to have fresh thinking, to see what's just true and to know it. And that turns out to be the most solid platform you can build your business from, because otherwise you're trying to build a business on top of a house of cards of belief systems and ideas and thought systems, and it won't support a really big dream. If you've got a little dream, it might be enough. But mm. my guess is if you're listening to this, it's not because you have a little dream.
0: That's absolutely right. As you said, we have to be able to delve into that space it to have the new thoughts. And note
1: the space within. See, people sometimes freak out and go, I don't have time to create space, right? Mm -hmm. Because they equate space with blank spots on their calendar. This is an inner spaciousness. This is your actual, it's already there. It's a mining operation, not a manufacturing operation. You don't have to create it. You just have to find it in there.
0: This is fascinating because I'm thinking about a conversation I had with uh, David Allen of getting things done. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. And uh, we had this uh, in the podcast interview. We were talking and one of the things I asked him, well, how do you create that space when you're so busy and you have very little time? And he's like, you don't need time to have great ideas, you need space. And they're Mm -hmm. very different concepts. So you and him are talking about the same exact thing coming from very different perspectives.
1: Do you know, I, I was talking to somebody literally in the last week about that. That my, I I love Dave Allen's work, but it's a lot of work. (laughs) What we're talking about is actually the same thing. When you show up empty headed, when you show up without all of your details on your mind, that space fills itself up. It's like nature abhors a vacuum into that empty mind, into that clear mind is really the way I talk about it. Great ideas flow all the time. But it's like all the noise and all the ideas and all the thinking is like static. Mm. And one way to try and deal with that is to manually okay, I'm going to write literally every thought down and I'm going to get it all out of my head. And if you do that, it works. But most people that I know don't do that or aren't able to sustain that. And what the kind of good news is, you don't have to because the space is sitting there underneath the noise of your thinking right now.
0: Yeah, we are consumed by the thoughts that we have. And we think our thoughts Thoughts are the reality that is around us. But what you're saying is that the thoughts are not the reality. They are a creation or in some ways they are the way we see reality. The thoughts
1: are the static on the radio signal of your next step, Mm -hmm. right? You know what to do when you know what to do. You know the next step. in fact, most of the time you don't even think about it. And that's what flow is. You're just literally moving from thing to thing with no extraneous thought. There's thinking going on, but you're not thinking about stuff. It's just there's thoughts coming through your head. That flow state is in fact our natural state. And in the space within, that's what what I'm pointing to, particularly if you get to the, the chapter on mojo and what that is. And it really is just what happens when there's space for thought to flow through instead of getting stuck. So I use the analogy sometimes of poo sticks. I don't know if anyone remembers, but like in the Winnie the Pooh books I've kit, you know, you throw the sticks in the river and occasionally the stick will get stuck as it's flowing. When the stick gets stuck, it doesn't need therapy. It needs a nudge back into the flow. Mm. And when we get stuck, generally speaking, we don't need therapy. We just need a little nudge. We need a little bump to get that flow of fresh thought coming through our mind again.
0: Interesting. Somehow, I think, and I am guilty of it, just like I'm sure a lot of my friends are, I have this feeling that I've got to try harder. I've got to work harder at growing my business or trying harder. It has to be a lot of work. It will be hard work. I'm signing up for that. But what you're saying is that it doesn't have to be that difficult in some ways.
1: Well, so here's the good news and the good news. (laughs) Um, the good, the good news is it's good to be able to work your ass off. Mm. Like that is a skill that is at times necessary in any worthwhile endeavor. So good that you've got that. The really good news is you rarely need to actually use that skill. So I use the analogy sometimes of the difference between walking down a dry riverbed barefoot with a canoe on your head and waiting for the the rain to come and the riverbed to fill up, putting the canoe down, getting in it and floating downstream. When you are in that space and you have that flow of fresh ideas, it's like riding the canoe down the river. You have to steer a little, mm. but but essentially the, the river is doing the heavy lifting. The river of fresh ideas is carrying you. When you try to bull through it, to push through it, to just work harder, that's like walking barefoot with a canoe on your head. It's like you can get somewhere. But you're going to get bloodied and bruised and calloused and blistered. And each time you have to do it again, you're going to have to gird your loins and grit your teeth and go, okay, here we go. And and over time, you're going to lose the very love and passion for what you're doing. That's why you got into it in the first place.
0: Hmm, interesting. But at the same time, I'm thinking if I surrender to the river, or if I give in to the flow of the river, then I'm not in control anymore. I am losing that sense of directing my own life, my own freedom, my own business.
1: Well, so but okay, let's let's stick with that analogy, because that's I, I totally know what you mean. And it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> so the first thing is you're not really surrendering anything because you were never in charge in the first place. Mm. I had a woman on one of my um one of my seminars and she she talked about as we talked for a while she was like, "Okay, I I feel that I can I can begin to let go of the reins a little bit." And I said, "Yeah, but the funny thing is, you're letting go of the reins on a rocking horse being carried along in the back of a pickup truck. Like we're just not in charge. We can do a lot. And if we understand how water flows, we're more likely to get to the end of the river than somebody who doesn't understand about water flow. But we literally are not in charge of the river. Mm. That's what burns people out and exhausts them and stresses them out, is thinking that they're supposed to be, and then feeling like a failure when the river doesn't go where you wanted it to.
0: That makes it so much clearer. I think the the difference in thinking is somehow we think we can direct our canoe in the river, but the truth is if the river is flowing one way, you're not really directing the canoe any other way than downstream.
1: The metaphor I sometimes use is the difference between a sailboat and a motorboat. Mm. Right now, most people think of building a business of entrepreneurship as a motorboat activity. If I just can build a big enough engine and push myself hard enough, I'll get there. Well, if you're sailing on a little lake, that's true, but if you're sailing in a great big ocean, motorboat's not going to get you there. Mm -hmm. The thing about a sailboat is it's a different skill set that you develop. So, if you run a motorboat, the whole game is about how do I get a bigger and bigger motor. If you're working a sailboat, you need to learn about the wind, you need to learn about currents, you need to learn about About weather patterns. And and they say that people who sail a lot, they can smell the wind before it comes. And that's great entrepreneurship. You can smell the next great idea before it comes. You can, if we switched over to surfing, you can sense the wave before it's coming. And yeah, you have to paddle out and be in the ocean, but the wave is doing the heavy lifting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a sailor, by the way. And that's one thing I have learned in my sailing days, that there's only so many maneuvers you have. There are only so many moves you have to go in a certain direction or to go where you want to go, but at some time you just have to surrender and realize there are no winds right now. We are in the doldrums, so be it.
1: And even so, it's a great, but, but even so, you can sail around the world. Yes, That's not a limitation on what you can achieve. It's just true.
0: In the sense of surrender is a, or maybe surrender is not the right word, but in that sense of understanding that that is the way, such is the nature of The winds and water and the sailing experience we allow ourselves to go much farther much faster because we stop fighting that the wind is not blowing our way and and we become
1: so much more efficient because we're not spending 80 to 90 percent of our energy trying to make things happen when there's no wind
0: so before we carry on with the interview i have an important question for you do you consistently take action on the books you read because a lot of research has now proven that there is really no learning without action. So if you're not taking action on what you're reading, here's a simple fix for you. Head on over to 2000books.com slash summary and download 10-minute action guides of the 10 greatest books for entrepreneurs. And they're all for free. From age-old classics like Think and Grow Rich to modern-day bestsellers like The Lean Startup we have some of the greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs there. So head on over to 2000books.com slash summary and download these free 10-minute action guides. Or you can even text the word summary to 44222 and get these action guides. Okay, now back to the interview. Going back to the analogy of a business owner, probably part of the person is thinking, well, I don't have the luxury to stop trying so hard. I don't have the luxury to for the things to become easy because I am in the midst of madness. I have to make this happen. I have this deadline. I have this timeline. So I must try harder. I, I, had,
1: I had a guy come up to me on one of my seminars. We do these productivity weekends. He was very upset. I think I actually tell the story in The Space Within that I was suggesting that if you point somebody towards their own innate understanding of thought and how the mind works, that will do more for them than trying to make them successful or tell them what to do and he said to me by way of analogy he said well i don't know about you but if somebody comes to me with a broken leg i'm gonna fix their leg instead of telling them about the nature of the mind and i said to him well look if i knew how to fix a broken leg i would too but what you'll find if you let yourself take a step back is a lot less people have broken legs than you think and what you'll find as a business owner if you let yourself take a step back is you're in crisis a lot less of the time than you think you are
0: It's going back to the idea of, uh, in some ways, abandoning the pursuit of happiness or not having to worry about happiness as being the only pursuit or having positive emotions as the only way of living a good life. It's the realization that such is the nature of business. It comes and goes and uh, waves are up and down and it doesn't have to be crisis unless I make it up in my mind sometimes.
1: Yeah, one of my mentors says that an entrepreneur complaining about inconsistent cash flow is like a busboy complaining about too many dishes, right? That's the gig. Right. If you're not okay with that, you're in the wrong job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of it, the understanding that it is in the understanding that it is rough and it is challenging and it is hard. Things become easy. I don't know if I'm making myself clear to the audience or to you in this when I say that, but once I have the understanding that it is going to be rocky and it is going to be tough and it is challenging, it actually becomes easier because the fight is now not to fight the difficulties, but just to make it work. Well, so there's two things to that. And part of it
1: is that's a perfect description of it, that once you realize that it's not supposed to always be easy, you stop making a big deal out of the fact that sometimes it's mm-hmm. hard. But here's the other part of it. We think what makes it easier hard is out there and what actually makes it easier. Easier hard is how much of your creative engine do you have running? So think of it like a like a car. At one point we had a a Porsche Cayenne turbo and a Prius, right? My wife phoned me. She usually drove the Porsche and she was driving the Prius. And and she phoned me and said, Mikey, the the Prius is broken. And I said, What do you mean? She said, Well, I stepped on the gas all the way and it didn't move. (laughs) And and I said, Well, did you get towed? And she said, No, 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 I got home. And what she meant is (laughs) like there was so little power coming from the Prius engine that it felt like she was going up a huge hill all the time. Whereas in the Porsche, that's those same roads felt flat. See, that's us. When we're running on limited creativity and a whole lot of thought noise, everything feels hard. Mm. And when we've got all our cylinders running, when we're really in flow, everything seems pretty easy even if from the outside, somebody else would say, oh my God, what a difficult situation.
0: It's so true. The idea that someone outside might have uh, an understanding that that is a difficult situation, while for you, it is just the nature and the flow of things and you are going with it and you are enjoying it and making it happen.
1: See, every now and again, we really do need to be brave. But actually, when we're following the flow of our own knowing, things that other people see as brave are just kind of like the obvious next step for us. Yes, And so it's, you know, people talk a lot about what it takes to be an entrepreneur, but actually, if you can get in touch with this space within, if you can begin to get a feel for what it's like to operate from flow and fresh thought more of the time, you don't need those traits, but other people will attribute them to you because it looks from the outside like, wow, he's so dynamic, he's so productive, he's so brave, she's so smart, she's so intuitive, she's so this. Well, no, that's just how you naturally are when you're following the flow of your own knowing.
0: I'm going to say something that may or may not apply here, but in that moment, are we just being who we are? Isn't that the ultimate joy and truth for us to allow ourselves to be who we are and to pursue that? In my mind, 100% yes. Mm -hmm. And that's the true joy in
1: life, the being who you are in the pursuit of something that lights you up.
0: Yes. And that is when people associate all the other characteristics with us because when we're being ourselves, those things become easier and effortless in some ways compared to when we're trying to model something from outside the world, from someone outside.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's the most common mistake in the world. I, I, I have a whole chapter on the perils of reverse engineering. So we look at somebody who's successful. We look at an entrepreneur that we admire and we try and copy what they did, not seeing that what they did was a natural offshoot of who they were and where they were coming from in response to the moment-by-moment challenges of their life. That's the bit that is in us, too, is that capacity to respond, to show up, and to respond to what shows up from the best place inside us. And that's the value of really cultivating and getting to know the space within.
0: It's interesting you say that, and the way you put it uh, reminds me of uh, Paul Getty, and you're in L.A., so you've probably been to the Getty Museum or the Getty Villa. Many is... times, yeah, 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 So Paul Getty wrote a book called How to Be Rich, and in that, he talks a whole lot about the ultimate success in life and sometimes in the ultimate wealth creation formula is to be ourselves, to be who we are, and to not let the society sway us or define our reality or force us into their versions of what we need to be. And that's what we try to do sometimes to ourselves. We try to fit in. We try to become someone else.
1: And and we set it up often in our minds like a battle, like it's us against them. And because the same thing that makes people want to be entrepreneurs kind of loves the us against <laughs> them, you know, the underdog, I can do it to heck with all of you. But in reality, all you're ever up against is your own unrecognized thoughts. In other words, you really looks like life is out to get you or people are out to stop you or all of that stuff. I don't know anyone who doesn't have that experience from time to time but that experience is actually an experience of our own thinking you know on Facebook how whatever you think everybody else seems to think it's like a big echo chamber because Facebook selects to only show you stuff that agrees with you well our minds work like that once we get an idea in our head All we see all around us is proof of that idea, but that's just how the mind works. We get a thought and consciousness and then it's just like everywhere we look, we are looking through that thought. If we can see that, if we catch on to that, we can drop that thought and we can look again And we'll see that the world is up for grabs at a whole other level. And that's possibility. Like that for me, when I work with entrepreneurs, the most exciting thing is when they begin to see beyond the world that they thought they had to maneuver inside of. Because the limits of the world that you think you're maneuvering, the shape of the maze that you think you're navigating is made up. And when you can get some perspective on that, when you can get up out of the maze for a minute, you'll see whole new possibilities that aren't even in your imagination right now.
0: (laughs) So it's almost like We are creating our own maze and then running around wild in it and saying, I can't get out of it.
1: It is exactly like that. How do we get out of it? Well, here's the interesting thing. We get out of it by seeing that we're the ones creating it. The moment we see, it's, it's like, look, here's this. Okay. It's supposed to be really hard to give things up, right? It's supposed to take a, a lot of effort and willpower. But if, if you've got a sore leg mm. and then somebody points out to you that the reason your leg is sore is because you're stabbing yourself in the leg with a fork repeatedly But like you're so caught up in things, you don't notice that you're doing it. Mm. Once you notice it, how do you stop? Well, you just stop because nobody willingly, knowingly pokes a fork in their leg. It's the same thing. Once you see you're the one limiting your reality, you just stop because it's not a good idea and it hurts. Mm. But as long as you think it's not you, as long as you think it's happening to you, as long as you think there's nothing you can do about it, well... You do the best you can, same as the rest of us,
0: well, you have that fascinating story about you don 't have to think that. would you tell us about it because that probably ties the air together very well
1: yeah i mean this was this was extraordinary to me i, I was working with a client he was a, a a banker, an investment banker, and he he got obsessed with death and it was you know he wasn 't sleeping, it was interfering with his work and i I was trying different things i 'd learned over the years to get him to you know, practical Dave Allen type things to kind of get it out of his head. And and finally one day I just, I just said to him, well, does it bother you when you don't think about it? And he thought, easily. he went, well, no. And I was like, well, don't think about it. No, I mean, I was kind of kidding, but he came back the next, the next time I saw him and he said, you know, that actually helped. I was like, okay, I'm glad that helped. I hated that answer, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I didn't, I didn't think that was cool. So I went to one of my mentors and I said to her, okay, when somebody's got an obsessive thought, when they're caught up in something and they, they, they can't get out of it, what would you say to them? And she said, well, I'd probably tell them they don't have to think about it. And I was like, yeah, no, that's what I did. And I kind of moped around for, for a little while, went for lunch, came back and was like, no, I couldn't let it go. I was like, no, there's got to be a better answer. And she said, well, what do you think I said? And I said, well, I wrote it down. You said, yeah, I tell them you don't have to think about it. And she said, no, I tell him, you don't have to think that. Mm. And that for me was when I realized, oh, the mind's not a camera. It's a paintbrush. Like I'm not photographing reality with my mind. I'm creating it. Mm. And I don't have to think anything. I can think whatever I want. That's the power of the imagination. But because I don't see that I'm thinking it into being, because I think it's really out there, it would be like watching a movie, not understanding how movies work and thinking that what's happening to the people on the screen is really happening and you needed to do something about it.
0: Yeah, this is such a powerful concept and I want to unpack it for our listeners here. When we think about something, we're already assuming the existence of that thing in the sense we're assuming that somehow that is in existence and we are thinking about about it. no
1: no no I'm, I'm admiring that you're willing to take this on in an <laughs> interview for entrepreneurs because i can spend i could spend days on this in trainings but let me, let me let me maybe give an example that might be a little tangible yeah. and then you tell me if i'm i'm actually hitting the point you wanted to hit so one of my first jobs when i first started to meet with a silicon valley troubleshooter this was back in the early 90s you know, who got paid 10 grand a day or whatever it was back then to go out and solve problems. And and my job was to figure out how he did it so that we could train other people in in that problem solving ability. And so I remember asking him, so like, okay, so how do you solve a really difficult problem? And he said, oh, I, I don't. And I was like, come on, you, 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 I'm here because you are the go to guy when a company has a really difficult tech problem. And he said, no. He said, if it looks really difficult, I know I've made it up wrong. Wow. And I didn't understand what he meant back then, but now I do. We make up the problem in a particular way and then struggle to solve it, not seeing that we made it up that way. The circumstances are the circumstances, whether it seems like a problem or a fact of life or a tool that you can use or a jumping off point for something else, that's all created moment by moment in your own mind.
0: Yes. The circumstances are what they are, but our creation is the about of that. You don't have to think about that. When we go into the space of you don't have to think that, that is the paintbrush because as soon as you're thinking that, you're creating that.
1: Yeah. And so it's not, people sometimes say, well, isn't it denial to not focus on my problems? Well, No more than it's denial to not go see a movie that you don't want to watch. Mm. Like, you're not in denial that that movie exists. You're just going, it's not the one, I don't want to sit in that movie. So let me go make a better movie.
0: Exactly. We can think that rather than think about that. I'm, 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 about I'm just it. so fascinated. No, by, no, no, you're yeah.
1: absolutely right. You're, you're nailing it because it's, it's I, I use the analogy for this as well of an iceberg. Yeah. So we, we think of an iceberg as an obstacle that we have to move around or it'll sink our ship. But we don't notice that an iceberg, even though it looks different to the rest of the water, it's made of the same water. Mm-hmm. And so in, in the real world, it takes a while for an iceberg to melt. But in our minds, the thought icebergs, they can melt in a heartbeat. That's the nature of thought. It's like clouds. It, it's gossamer. It, it's transient. And so something that looks completely solid that we're spending an incredible amount of effort to navigate around or to think better about it, actually, when we see it for what it is that is made of thought, we don't have to reckon with it at all because it'll melt back into the water and we can just sail straight across it.
0: This is... um... Yeah, and I think uh, there is an analogy that you use in the book, which is thoughts are like play doh, and that's what we're talking. We are creating that version of reality that we're living in, and every moment, every day, we're creating that, and we are just free to think.
1: Yeah, we don't we can create. We can create something. We don't have to create what we've been creating. Like you, you know, it is. It's like a kid who makes a monster out of play doh and then runs out of the room screaming.
0: It's <laughs> like ah monster, like you know we made it. Yeah, that was fascinating, Michael. It's um, just the just the idea. You don't have to think about that, and you don't have to think that is like rattling my brain, and I'm going to continue to think about it probably over the next few days because it's a profound one.
1: Well, I changed the direction of my life, so I'm with you.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I know we're we're getting close on our time, Michael. So before we end this conversation, and I don't want it to end, but uh, before we do that, I always ask for specific action items for our listeners so that we can apply what we have learned. Now, in this well, case, is that possible? <laughs>
1: so yes and no. So I, I mean specific action items. Go online and watch my TEDx talk, Why Aren't We Awesomer? Mm. Right. That'll give you in about 12 minutes a a, a really clear sense of what we've been talking about from another description. Second action item. Go get the space within and read it. Like this is what we're talking about. But a third thing, like if you don't want to do that, Mm -hmm. is to just start to notice the space around your own thinking. Start to know in the same way as when you read a book, like notice the blank page behind the words. If you're listening to music, notice the silence inside of which like it's not music. If it's all noise, Mm -hmm. the music comes from the spaces between the notes and just look for the space between your own thoughts and you'll open you up to that kind of clarity of mind and freedom of mind that you're probably either working very hard to achieve or trying very hard to move forward without.
0: That is great. That's great. Okay, Michael, so how can our listeners learn more about you, get hold of you, find the book and all the good stuff?
1: So michaelneal.org is my playground on the web. I write weekly tip. I do daily little five-minute podcasts. Some of the things I talk about are a little more blatantly practical. So you can kind of pick and choose and, and navigate your way through. We do uh, a program called Creating the Impossible, which is the entrepreneurial gold standard for I've had a number of people create their businesses through that program. So you can learn about that on there. And just follow your nose. Like if you've heard something, like clearly many you have, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you've heard something, keep looking. Because I promise you, there's a whole world here that will help you no end in creating whatever it is that you're trying to create in your business, but from a place that is so much more sustainable and so much more enjoyable than than most entrepreneurs are able to find.
0: Great, great. And just for our listeners, I want to make sure it's N E I L L, Michael, N E I L L dot org. So, Michael, that's right. So. Well, Michael, this has been a joy. This has been a pleasure and a great, great experience of learning for me and I'm sure for our listeners as well. So I thank you very much for this interview. Thank you for having me. All right, my ambitious friends. Do you have questions about entrepreneurship, growing a podcast or growing a YouTube channel? Or maybe you have suggestions about how to improve the show? Well, if you want to talk to me about any of these topics, I'm opening up parts of my Thursdays again for conversations with you. Now, why am I doing this? Well, it is for a very selfish reason. Talking to you allows me to improve the show because I get to hear your burning challenges and I get to help you resolve those problems. And knowing your burning challenges allows me to tailor this podcast to your needs. So you see, it's a win-win for both of us. I get to hear your problems and you get my help in getting unstuck and moving forward. And by the way, my promise to you is that I will not pitch you or try to sell you anything. That is not at all my intention. And I hope you won't try to sell me anything either. Okay, deal? Cool. Now, if you want to talk to me, just hop over to 2000 discuss d i s c u s s or text the word discuss to 44222, and I'll send you a link to schedule your call. Now, I'm only making a few spots available for the next few weeks, so grab a spot before they're all gone. I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys. See you next time.